I'm Review Cultist. I am Mikey. You stand for evil. And I'm the Gamer in Yellow. And we're here to discuss those internet stories, most creepy and most pasta, and be critically silly doing it. Tonight we have not one specific creepypasta. We have our favorite creepypasta that we've ever read on the show, and our least favorite creepypasta that we've ever read on the show, plus runner-ups. So yeah, we decided after Baraska that like we should actually sit down and see which stories that we actually enjoyed reading, or like which ones stuck out to us as being like our favorites and the least favorites to get through for the show. Yeah, I think this this is the spawn of Baraska in itself being dubbed as quote unquote the, the best creepy pasta, yeah. which made me think like what actually is your your favorite creepy pasta? And here we are. Yeah. Because I'm sure, like, Baraska was the fa- a favorite of a bunch of people. That's why they people wanted to dub it that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, again, that's subjective. Yeah. As is our show, as is our opinions, of course. So, take with it what you will. Uh, and also, even with when it comes to, like, the uh, least favorite creepypastas, that's not to say, like, that it was, like, that just because we didn't like it doesn't mean you don't like it and... It doesn't mean that yeah. it shouldn't be a thing. Exactly. We're not trying to crucify anyone here. Yeah. I mean, that's never been kind of the thing on the show. We've never wanted to actually promote, like, promote, like, the, like, this should never have existed. Like, that's kind of, it's it's all part of, like, the, the amateur creative writing process. Yeah, like, for sure. Post stuff on the internet and you get criticism for it. <laughs> so it's essentially just ones that didn't jive well with our... Uh... Individual likes and dislikes, essentially, because exactly. we all, as has been probably very uh, like rel- or, um, uh, visible, transparent on the show, we all have very different opinions on horror and creepy stuff. Um, like, I feel like mine per- personally, like I'm probably the biggest horror fan of our group. Yes, mm-hmm. and well, I I just need some bouncing boards <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so I grabbed two schmucks that, that I did. I mean, that works, yeah. <laughs> but you guys do it occasionally. Like, you guys enjoy the odd, creepy story, so. Mm-hmm. As long as it makes sense <laughs> to your point of view. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to start off with um, the runner-up. Because we, we decided not to do a top five thing like that, because that's, I mean, because that'd be too easy. <laughs> Instead, we did a top two, bottom one with a runner-up, except in your case where you did bottom five. I have a few, I have a few, <laughs> qual- I have a few possible qualifiers for my for some of them, mm-hmm. but I'll get into. I'll only only get into those after all of us have gone through, yes. and then it, like we have time at the end of the show. So, and of course, all these favorites that we're picking, they're they're technically all the the silver medals. Yeah, because, in the race here because because. Well, yes, uh, who was phone is the god tier of creepypasta. It is. And we all be, should aspire to. Like, but. we would clearly all just pick that, so we had to pick yeah. what so that has the been best remote. that yeah. is actually doable by man. Exactly. So it has been, <laughs> it has been pulled off the board. It is, mm-hmm. it is not on, on the table. Yes. Um, so we're choosing yeah. our silver medalists, also, our like bronze to... medalists, and our uh, participation ribbon. Yeah. Razzie Award? 
<laughs> sure. That could, that could, that, the Razzie Award goes to the least favorite creepypasta. Yes. <laughs> also, I'd like to point out that, like, even though like these are our favorite creepypastas, there are ones that we also. They're all a ton of ones that I personally liked. Oh like, yeah, it was just, hard to pick. Oh yeah, like I, I found it very difficult to pick like any one specific for either category. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been doing it the most. Like I've been doing this like for almost. 270, yeah, I've been doing this for about 270 episodes. Well, we're catching up to you your knowledge, are, though. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, we're how far in on... You're only, like, 31. Still, yeah, we're, we're, we're just trying to catch up. Yeah. yeah. So... We've almost read as many as you. Yeah, so at this moment in time and space, Cthulhu will rise, and and will and this is our... But also, this is our... This is our in the moment, like, this is our favorite creepypastas that we that we did on the show, and this is also our least favorite creepypasta we've had to do on the show. Hmm. So, um, do you do we want to switch up the, 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 the order of things? Do you guys want to go first, or do, uh, should I go first? Fine. I think you can go ahead. Okay. Do you care? No. Cool. Uh, all right, start off with the runner-ups, then, for favorite creepypasta, uh, discussed and read on the show. Pen Pal by Dethan... Dathan, by Dathan Arbeck, or Arbach. Um, this episode, uh, Pen Pal, was our, one of our uh, New Year's episodes. Uh, it was episode 132. Um, and the reason why it's one, my second favorite is because it plays on nostalgic vibes and childhood memories, and I love that in stories, like specifically horror stories. And the thing I like about, the reason why it's part of my, why I like that in horror stories is because of the generally really creepy twist on that nostalgia. Um, like this story was one about um, a guy recalling some childhood traumas and like some messed up shit that happened in his childhood that was kind of real life, but at the same time had this kind of whimsy like horror to it as well. Like it was because of the the melancholy of the memory of like remembering all these horrifying things from their childhood that they suddenly realized were actually really dangerous, horrible things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ending killed me. Like it it st- shot me in the heart. Like, it was melancholy, it hit me in the feels, and it was just a very gratifying ending to me. Also, it was one of our crossover episodes with uh, Matt from The Drunk and the Ugly, and those ones are always my favorites. Like, in terms of, like, hanging out with, like, some friends from other podcasts and, like, talking to them, like, I love doing that. Mm-hmm. So, there's some, some, definitely some good vibes from the discussion of that episode as well. Understandable. A lot more fun than having Mikey and I here. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. I know. Yeah, that's not what I mean. Like, <laughs> great, make me the asshole here. I mean, I don't have to do anything for that. Time. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm serious. I'm joking. All right. Um, do we want to do uh, like you guys runner ups first too? Like, do it like that in that row, or sure? Yeah, sure. Okay. Also, were we present for that? I don't recall. I you guys were this. Oh, uh, yeah, you were. Yeah. yeah. Also. Actually, I think you. It was just you, me, and yeah. Matt. Drunk, or yeah. Doctor Leviathan wasn't there at that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that, that was ringing no bells for me, so I was not there. Yeah, I think I was around one thirty-ish that I showed up, or something. <laughs> this one's one thirty-two. All right, maybe it's one fifty-ish. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was one of them. <laughs> I think it was Shadow Fog and Firelight is when I started becoming. Yes, that was when you started becoming a main. Host. It was just I, video game shit before that. that yeah. yeah, I just drag you as, hey, this one's a video game creepypasta. You want to come in? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I'll see that all video game creepypastas are terrible. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. All right. Uh, so I actually have two runners up. You bastard. <laughs> How dare you pad out our runtime? <laughs> yeah. As I look at my possible qualifier and runner runner ups <laughs> list. Runner runner ups. <laughs> all right. 
So the the first one here is from episode 125. Okay. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hang on. <laughs> Drum roll. <laughs> Tabula Rasa. Ah, Tabula Rasa. Mm-hmm. By uh, Sean Cognition. Woo, Sean Cognition. All right. <laughs> It's creepy past in space. Yeah, and it, you, we enjoyed it. Like we both agreed, it was a competently done sci-fi horror. <laughs> Another one I can't have an opinion on because I wasn't there, but I'm sure it was great. Yeah. What was like, well, essentially what happened in that? Uh well, basically, a guy wakes up in a space station, mm-hmm. and the AI is telling him to do things and. It's like I'm sorry, Dave. Well, sort of, but it's like Alice, do this. Steve, do that. George, keep going. Like the sort of AI had a concept of names, but didn't understand that. Were those actually their names? There's uh, only one person. It, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's only one person. Okay, and the AI was calling them. Different, different names, names. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think you realize that that the one guy is actually a clone. Yeah, it was like I think I'm a clone. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I seems to be wanna be around. And then we also, I think, find out that we're on the moon. No, we're no, we're actually beyond the moon. Beyond like the moon. we, yeah. or we're in like an orbit around the moon. Yeah, and we can see the Earth and stuff like that. And like, yeah, it's and. Once the guys, do you want me to? Or do you, uh, you, you can. Okay. Um, eventually, the guy finds uh, like yeah, like it's actually he's part of a cycle that like the the AI's been like basically like either um, reconstituting the old like every time like uh, a clone comes out and like does a task and is finished, he then gets reconstituted into a nutrient paste for the next clone, or gets vacuumed. Ah, okay. Um, and so the character basically just like, and I think it ends with him just basically sitting at the window looking out at, at the glow at the earth. And just like hello, like uh, kind of a, a moment of like hello, darkness, mild friend. As he waits for like the, his, his the end of his cycle, oh. in space. Yeah, it's so. It's, what's the purpose of the cycle? Um, he's the, the AI has been trying to like basically keep humanity either alive well, because of some kind of great cataclysm it, that's happening on Earth, or it's, he's trying to figure out humanity. Yeah, so that the aliens that create the AI can invade, potentially. Oh, it's an alien yeah. AI. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. That's actually pretty cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's why the AI doesn't understand the concept of names, because it's... It's both an AI computer program and also an alien intelligence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you get the uh, author on that one? Yeah, it Sean was... Sean Sean oh, right, right, right. He's, been on, he, he's the one that did the, uh, the uh, In Torment series. This is actually yes. one of his. It's actually apparently Tabula Rasa is actually tied to the Intorment series, like the greater universe that he's created for the Intorment series. Gotcha. So uh, my next runner-up, yeah, right, is actually I believe the first creepypasta I ever recommended. Oh, okay. It, it, if it's not, it's very close because it's from episode ninety-one. And, of course, I'm talking about Shannon O'Bannon. I mean, Sarah O'Bannon. <laughs> uh, for our St. Patty's episode. We yes. Did a, we did a St. Patty's creepypasta, or like an Irish creepypasta episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she, she, was it Sharon or... Was it, it Shannon or Sarah? Or does it it's matter? Sarah. Okay. 
Sarah O'Bannon, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, so basically, uh, I like Shannon O'Bannon because it has a good ring to it. Go for it. But the the story's name is actually Shannon O'Bannon, and it basically paints this tale that back in the old day they used to have um, uh, bells and air holes tied to coffins, so that if you accidentally buried someone alive. Mm-hmm. Then they could ring the bell and the undertaker would come by and investigate and dig yeah. it back out. Wouldn't so, wind be hitting those bells? It's not a perfect system. Okay. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 was a, it was a medieval system. Yeah. Nowadays it'd be like a light, like an yeah, LED. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, way to find the plot hole. I'm yes. sorry. Way to ruin this. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, anyway, so... Sarah O'Bannon is uh, in the ground and ringing the bell. And the undertaker comes by and is like, oh, hello? And like, yes, help me get out of here. And I was like, are, are you Sarah O'Bannon? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let, let me out. Well, uh, Sarah O'Bannon died 30 years ago, so... You ain't Sarah O'Bannon, and he. I am not. I am not. I'm not digging you up, Clark. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, oh, oh. It's kind of a Randolph. The statement of Randolph Carter is like, "What the fuck is down in the ground?" I'd be so curious. I don't, I don't think it was. Was it thirty years or like thirty months, like thirty weeks, or like like three or four weeks? I, well, yeah. But still, like, it was a t- enough yeah. time that like they'd be dead regardless. Yeah. So 30 years is like, whoa. (laughs) Three or four weeks still is like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of my uh, runner-ups. Okay. I only have one runner-up. That's fair. (laughs) Again, it's hard to choose sometimes. It is, yeah. Well, actually, mine kind of has multiple runner-ups as well. In a way. Because, uh, well, my runner-up for the bronze medal (laughs) is uh, the Stillwood King. Oh, really? By uh, Chris Straub. Yep. ADR episode 225. Right. The reason why... I, I So, spoiler, I don't actually have any Icarus Falls episodes on mine, because we technically did that for our first Icarus Falls episode. What do you mean? We took, like, um, like, the first episode we ever did uh, for Icarus Falls, like, which was another crossover episode with the DNU. Yeah. I actually chose my favorite. It was kind of like, choose your favorite of the of the book, or of the oh. compilation, and that was... So that's why, like, I don't have any of my Icarus Falls ones, because I've already covered that, <laughs> what my favorite one was. Fair. But, yeah, sorry, continue. Either way, um, yeah, um, the Stillwood King. It's essentially the story of a guy named Elijah Brown who became lost for two days in the Stillwood, and this, and he returns gaunt, dehydrated, and nearly starving to death. He insisted that he was gone for nine days, but he was only gone for two, apparently. And the Stillwood is a section of Vicar Falls where time is slowed in there to almost a standstill. The force is much larger on the inside than it is on the out. Foliage is so thick that you can't even see the sky in it. And uh, the legend of the Stillwood King evolved partially from Brown's story, but also partially from parents and teachers saying it as a warning to kids to stay out of the Stillwood. Yeah. And the legend essentially states that um, the the first victim of the Stillwood never got out, and he's still in there. Um, And he should have starved and, and died and all that, but the Stillwood didn't want him to die. So it slowed his heart down, so he beats one beat a day, and he can only move a foot 
an hour because it's like trying to keep him alive. But that's only when he's there by himself. And uh, the but when someone lays eyes on the Stillwood King, he can move as fast as he damn well needs to. Yeah, because like all the pent up time gets released essentially. Yeah. And the king himself is a a bone white cadaver, just wearing ragged clothes. He screams, but he can't make a noise because like he's been screaming for centuries. But as soon as, again, once you lay eyes on him, everything gets reawakened in him and he actually makes noises. He's like blacked out eyes and like jagged teeth. His blood is creek water and moss and his skin is the color of mushrooms. And um, yeah, essentially if you look at him, he will rush up to you and just immediately murder you right, right away. Yeah. But the only way to get around that is if you see um, essentially mushroom caps about the height of a man, shut your eyes, turn around and just walk. Because if, as long as you shut your eyes quick enough, he will stop before he gets to you. Because he's almost as quick as a blink, but not quite. Yeah, it's like a boo. Oh, except a reverse, he's a reverse boo. Yes, he is a reverse boo. <laughs> wow, it's a video game reference. <laughs> I didn't even know. But yes, um, and yeah, essentially turn around, walk away. But if you turn around and you just, and you feel a wet, like mossy smelling thing in front of you, just, you might as well open up your eyes because you'll make your death a lot quicker. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I, I really like the way that it, that whole story is the description of the monster. It says a lot, but it doesn't say a lot as well. It yeah. describes the monster, but we don't really know much of why he's a thing. It's yeah. Cause it's presented to you like an urban legend. It's like a, like a, like an actual, like, like a local legend, a folklore story, mm-hmm. which I, I personally like as well. Yeah. That. For sure. Um, yeah, I could. I, I definitely see that one. I'm surprised that one. It wasn't my favorite of of of, uh, of that book. Mm-hmm. I think mine was um, the first one you did was like mine was, mine was mine was actually Lemon Blossom Girl. Mm. Just because I I actually had a nightmare after reading that story of being in my house in the dark and roaming around and having this this mummified uh, little girl. Chasing me around my home. Oh, that's nice. Because that's what happens in that kid. Like, there's a nightmare. The kid, the character has a nightmare in that of like being in their house and knowing that something is in their house slowly moving toward them, almost like a Slender Man-y kind of thing. Kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, the Stillwood King is also a really decent one from the Ickerfall series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And by extension, Ickerfalls as a whole is my my runner-up to my runner-up. I guess. Really? Yes, actually, because I was looking through. All of the Icar Fall stories, I'm like, that one's not bad. That one's not bad. That one's meh. But that one's not bad. Like, 90% of them, I like. And then Stillwood King, I really like. So as a whole, I I kind of like it. I just, remember, <laughs> I just remember the drama we had last... Or the, the, the quasi-drama we had last last year. In regards to what? With regards to our opinions on Icar Falls. <laughs> well, I mean, like... like we, had, we literally had to, like... Not kiss and make yeah. up. Hug and make up. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the last episode. Well, it's because you oh. hyped it up yeah. so much. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's a problem. Yeah. And, that's, and that's one of the ones yeah. I didn't like. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, like that is a big thing. Like you shouldn't hype up as much as hyping is good only to a certain point. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you push the hype train too much, it'll crash. Yeah, mm-hmm. essentially, out of all of them, the only ones I wasn't really a fan of are the Fulcrum, uh, Twenty Minutes in the Dark, Aware, Indistinguishable, and Shining One. But everything else I liked or really liked. So as right. a whole, so basically a lot of the, the high concepty ones, but like the ghost story stuff of Icar Falls, you're pretty down with. Pretty much, like one of them is completely mundane. Yeah, the I believe that's the aware one. Yeah, no, no. Uh, it's um, 
20 minutes in the dark or 20 yes minutes, that yeah. one that one's just completely mundane yeah and then fulcrum is again it's a high concept like kind of like a basilisk hack thing like a the mimetic virus kind mm-hmm. of thing like kind there's, of, a, yeah. there's a like a, a, a symbol that corrupts basically if you like corrupts your brain or something like that mm-hmm. but some of the ones in here like you can't deny are good like candle cove yeah you know candle, <laughs> yeah. there's a reason we started the mm-hmm. show with it and it's a re- even though it's not actually a creepypasta it's not actually considered a creepypasta it's essentially the like a very if, if I think it's like one of the forefathers of the creepypasta. Like, Why is it not considered a creepypasta? Because it's not quite a... Uh, it, it didn't come out around... It came out a little bit before creepypastas became like really big. So like it's kind of like a proto-creepypasta. Yeah. Also, I, I think Chris Drop himself said like he never intended for it to be a creepypasta. But then he was writing cre- little short creepy stories before creepypastas were cool. <laughs> wow. It's the hipster. Not to title Chris Straub as, as a hipster, but like he did legitimately write creepy stories like that, like creepypastas before they were a thing. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. All in all, um, the entire area, like the Icker Falls, it's an entire area of varied creepy stories and events that happen within it. And each story adds more and more layers to it. And adds to the area of Icker Falls. And by the end, it's a lore-filled place with a lot of characters and events that happened or are happening. And um, the creepiness varies from mundane to god-tier entities with Shining One and all yeah. that. Um, and all the stories, for better or worse, are memorable and, for the most part, good. Mm-hmm. I think I, I know what I'm going to get you for your Christmas present. Or your birthday. I'm going to have to get you Brood Hollow. It's a webcomic done by Chris Drop mm-hmm. that is the sister city to Icarus Falls. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but it's a webcomic, or uh, it's a comic book about, like, all the horrors and stuff like that in that area. Okay. And, like, it bleeds, it bleeds, basically, Icarus Falls' like, hauntedness bleeds into Brood Hollow. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's your runner-up. That's my bronze medalist. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, and then on to favorite creepypasta uh, ever read or discussed on the show. This one was hard. Again, like, there's a couple. I, I have a few other ones like Joe. Joe the Creep is pretty good. Yeah. Um, Ted the Caver. I enjoyed reading before the show. Like before I read it on the show, I, I remember reading it and getting into it. Like it's part of the reason that you did this show. Yeah. Same with 1999. 1999 yeah. was literally the reason I wanted to do a show was because it 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 was a creepy like. It was a creepy story, and it, what's more, it was it, it hits really close to home because I we literally live an hour to two drive away from where what happened. Yeah. Um, and like, I think that like when, when it's, when it's that personalized, when it's that like localized, it really touches, uh, readers. Mm-hmm. Um, but this story, the one I, I chose is my favorite. I have to, I have to give it props is the lock by Stephen Shorter. It's episode 83. Oh, then I'm um, yet. <laughs> sorry. The yeah. story is Lovecraftian as fuck, which already gives it points for me. It has a lake-born entity, a lakeside dreary town, like, could legitimately be Innsmouth from Lovecraft. You can file the names off. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Uh, newspaper clippings and investigation in the story. It's basically the story of a man who was um, helping um, uh, slightly, like, disabled, like, people, or, like, a disabled, like, he was trying to make some extra money, so he was working at a, at a like, a hospice kind of thing or something like mm-hmm. that, and this guy was partially paralyzed, um, but then you discover, or they, they, he reveals that he's, uh, the reason why he was paralyzed was because he encountered some creature on the lake, uh, Lake Ron, uh, or Loch Ron in, um, in the UK. Mm-hmm. And, um, he'd been doing research on it. He was a photographer and some of that. Uh, and he got attacked by this thing and it basically paralyzed part of him. 
and like waist down or no, like, side, like, just like his body was stiffening, like with with, uh, with each passing like week. Oh, okay. Um, and so like before, like he wanted to try and discover, like find what was going on. So, so they go to Lake Ron, they go to the town, they go, they get a boat, like uh, they they go out into the lake after doing some investigation, and they get attacked by the creature, and the, the man go, gets killed or the man gets taken. Um, and, uh, he tries to, uh, the, the, the main protagonist tries to get him back, but it's too late. He's basically gone. And he's also been attacked by the creature. And as he's writing the story, like finishing writing the story, like uh, in like, a, like either after he's been hospitalized or something like that, he can already feel his own joints and whatnot, um, stiffening. And, uh, there is a, a moment at the end where like they dredged up, they dredged like Loch Ron, uh, and never found it. But. Loch Ron connects to canals and, and water systems elsewhere, mm-hmm. and people are starting to go missing along those canals. So the creature that came uh, came to Loch Ron via a, an asteroid or a meteor that hit the, hit the lake um, is still out there and is moving further and further around UK. Hmm. So there's like a like a threat level kind of building at, by the end of the story. It's very Lovecraft um, based. So because of that, because like there's always like kind of that impending like. Like, like the the foreshadowing of doom, even at the at the at the closure of the story. Um, also, it's a shorter story, as in Stephen shorter, which I generally have always enjoyed. I guess you do have to preface that, like when you say it's a shorter story, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it might just be small. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> it's just it's it's a Stephen shorter yeah. story. Yeah, um, and then it's a creepy monster. The it's an alien eel creature with a paralyzing venom. That is it may... described? What it looks? Oh like? yeah, yeah. It's like this horrible like. It's actually very similar to something that actually happened um, in a, at, a, at a world carnival back in like the 30s. Right. So um, I believe Stephen even said, like I actually talked to Stephen a, a little bit about it after. Um, he was partially inspired by um, like obviously the locks and stuff like that and like the the creepiness, the dreariness of the UK, of, of, of where he gets most of his inspiration, which is creepy, dreary UK. Mm-hmm. Um, but also um, it's based off this like, I, and I've heard it before, like from like Cthulhu, like uh, tabletop RPG uh, creators. Um, so in like the 30s or something like that, there was a uh, a World's Fair that had an aquarium, and they pulled up some coral like content like stuff for the for the aquarium for it from the ocean. Uh, well, at some point, like over the course of a few weeks, they started noticing that people started or like the fish and wildlife that they already had in the aquarium started vanishing. And when they finally discovered what was doing it, it was this giant fucking eel. That had been living in the coral that they brought in. Oh shit! And when they pulled it out, it actually like bit a bunch of people and actually caused paralysis. Now the creature in this thing is a lot more like chitinous. It's a lot. It's made of segmented. It's almost like a, a sea and like an ocean centipede mm-hmm. kind of creature, um, with like little like philia and uh, like stingers, like catfish or like ten- little tentacle things. It's like a buffed up version of that. Yeah, basically, it's an alien version of that. And this thing is like about like. It had like twenty feet in length and stuff like really? that. It's like this horrible monstrosity that's been feeding on the lake, on Loch Ron's both fish and people. Um, so yeah, it's 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 this monstrous like alien creature that came from the stars and now is inhabiting the lakes of the UK. Um, and I just I Lovecraft man, like Lovecraftian horror is what I dig. So. Yeah. But that is my my favorite creep boss that we've ever read or discussed on the show. Mikey. Alright. I like how your favorite and least favorite, or favorite and runner-up are both ones that 
I was not there for. Have I been ruining your stories? <laughs> no, no. Okay, good. <laughs> only occasionally. Oh. This is only semi. Alright. So, from episode 148. The Keyhole. Really? Okay. That was one that you were you were able to make. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> it's all the ones I'm not here for. I see it. <laughs> Nothing to do with that. Yeah, uh-huh. Go ahead. <laughs> so, basically a guy goes to a motel, and the the clerk, which is the biggest issue is you like, the clerk. Can I just pause? You like it, do you like this uh, the story mostly because of the video, the short film we watched? Yes. Okay. So I just clarify. Yeah. Well, without the story, the, the video film. wouldn't have been made. That's true. So, yeah. So anyway, basically, he goes to a hotel mm-hmm. or motel, uh, and the the clerk tells him when he gives him a key, like, "Don't uh, if you hear any noises or anything from the room next to you, don't investigate. Don't investigate. Don't whatever you do, don't enter that room type thing." Um, so he's like, "Oh, well, that's kind of weird." Goes to his room, uh, and then. Tries to sleep or whatever, and then starts hearing, I think, noises from like horrible, like horrible, like like death scenes, death screams, basically. Yeah. So he gets up and decides to go get some ice or something because he can't sleep, and he decides to look in the keyhole, and from there he sees a very white figure in the corner or something. Like that. Yeah, in the, the corner. Side, yeah. Uh, and it seems oh, that's. Weird, and then he, he. I think he just goes back to his room. Well, he he goes and grabs the ice or whatever. Yeah. Uh, comes back, looks back into the keyhole, and sees red. Just red, like like somebody's put a um, red tape or something over the. Yeah, like a, a or put a red um, towel or something over yeah. the handle so that it blocks the yeah things, and then. Basically, he goes back to sleep because the noises go away. And then he goes back to the... Uh, the motel. The clerk. motel yeah. clerk. When he's done, yeah, when, when he's leaving, like, when, for the day. Yeah. Like, for, like, that day, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they do sort of an exposition dump that uh, the room is haunted because there was a albino couple... That had gone there on their honeymoon and killed themselves. Yeah, and they were completely stock white except for their eyes. Yeah, because albinos have red eyes, mm-hmm. so, which Infer- insinuates that the- she was looking through the keyhole at him when he looked the second, the second time. time. And if you don't have uh, goosebumps from that revelation, because I know I fucking do, <laughs> repeating the like it's such a, like it's like oh like the the short the short film is yeah. a gem because of oh, yeah. yeah yeah we, we said that. the uh, the hotel clerk uh, so see the best character he's, he's so good <laughs> in, in, like in like he's so weird <laughs> he's just like larger guy just like mm-hmm. yeah just give that. And then, like the guy's like, "Hey, so what's what's up with that door?" He's like, 
You looked at it, didn't you? Alright, I guess I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he just like looks up and like wide eyed. Like, yeah. He's got like kind of a bug eyed look anyway to him. And he's like in his like like older years, like maybe 50, 60. Mm-hmm. It's like, you look he like put like just puts his paper down, looks up at him, it's like, you look you looked down you looked in there, didn't you? Alright, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just the performance is great. Nice. But it doesn't ruin it. it just, no, it doesn't. It, it actually adds like because like, it's it's there's just enough little bit of humor to contrast to the actual horror of that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the film is White with Red from yeah. 2013. Yeah. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the keels, and it's a very short post. It's like only a couple paragraphs. Yeah. Uh, but it's a very popular one as well. I think I remember pulling that one from a couple of top five lists, top ten lists, because we were looking for creepypastas that are like people, like, what are people enjoying in terms of the creepypasta scene? Um. Yeah, yeah it's a good choice. Cute. <clears throat> then for mine, mine is kind of a uh, a two parter tie in a way. More like one's a little bit behind, but either way, um, episode four of ADR. Ben Durant. Oh wow! I like Ben Durant. Yeah, because it's a good video game creepy pasta. There's yeah, some it, out there. Th- there's a reason. That it became such a popular creep pasta, like mm-hmm. it, it, it I, I think it all probably also like generated a lot of the tropes of haunted video game pop cartridges. Yeah, but unfortunately, people don't often follow those tropes because no. most of the time it's just locked in the game, and then that's it. What I like about Ben Drowned and Runner Up the Princess, um, which is ADR episode thirty-five, um, they are. It, it's not just contained in the game itself. You're not safe. The user is the one that's in, like, having a hard time. It's not just the game having a hard time with itself. Yeah, when the game starts bleeding into reality, like, that's that's a good... It's like the movie Staying Alive. Like, you die in the game, you die for real. Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's, like, that's, that, that's how you invoke horror, because otherwise it's like, where is the threat level for the, the user? Hmm. Like, they're, like, you can do it sometimes with sanity, but it's a lot trickier to do with sanity and so, like, sandblasting somebody. Whereas if you give them a physical threat level, like like the game is like Samara coming out of the computer, the TV screen yeah. to get you, like that's a lot more of a threat level, like a more visceral um, horror. Yeah, and not without going like super graphic and gory. Just yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Ben Duran was done by Jed Usable. Is the is the name at least it's, the character? Yeah, it's, it's the it's the um, yeah it's the 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 user the the the, the poster. Yeah, I believe I think. Yeah, and the just, princess is credited to anonymous on Creepypasta right. Wiki, but on the blog it says Rocket Lex. Yeah, it's Rocket Lex. Yeah, yeah. So that's them. But for those that don't know, the the quick and dirty of Ben Drowned is Nerdman. I believe he's Nerdman through the yeah. whole time. I think he gets named later on. Either way, he gets Majora's Mask from a garage sale. For an old man. Yeah, from an old creepy man. the The cartridge is gray with just Majora written on it. Um, but he gives it to him for free, and the old man is like, goodbye then, as he's leaving. Yeah. But as Nair's leaving, he thinks he says it weird, and when he boots up the game, he sees that the save file is called Ben. He's like, oh, he was saying goodbye, Ben. That's weird. Yeah, he thought he, thought he said goodbye, Ben. And yes. Then thought, yeah. But instead of uh, deleting that game, he makes his own game called Link, but in that game, people start calling him Ben, even though he's in the save file Link. Oh, shit, did they? Oh, yes, fuck. they did. Because, sorry... Quick little aside, that game, all, that story also has a little bit of a real-world bleed-in for me. Yes, yes. Because I bought 
Link, Link Between Worlds when it first came when it when, uh, a few months after it came out, like I got a used copy of EB Games, and I, I booted it up on my 3DS, popped it on, Ben. <laughs> I was just like, nope. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna delete the file. No. Nope. I'm just gonna save. I'm gonna make my own file. I thought that that was how you should should do it. Not get a t- do like it haunted. I did. I thought in the, I, I, it's, it has been a few, it had been a few years since I've read Ben Brown. Mm-hmm. So I thought that he deleted the account. The Ben. The Ben. Uh, After user. making his own file. Oh. So you're yeah. still haunted. So I'm still good. No, you're still. No, I haven't deleted. It. I haven't deleted. You've it. played the oh, game. Fuck. <laughs> and I've beaten the game. Have you? Oh, fuck, yeah. Uh, well, doesn't it at least go into the Ben save before do- deleting it? Okay, yeah, that's when it gets really bad. When he starts yeah, playing... I, I specifically <laughs> refuse to yeah. enter that game. You might be safe then, because essentially starts playing his linked game, link game, and people start calling him Ben. And he's like, well, I, I want this game to work better, so he deletes the Ben file, even though he wanted to keep it in respect for the guy, and then people just started calling him blank. Like, it was just empty space. And then... Things started getting weird, and he like it, it killed him and sent him back the title screen. And then the the new title was um, I have it written down. It's like your move or something like that. <laughs> I forget what it's called. Something like that. Yeah. Your turn. And when he went back in there, it was just him dead on the ground again from the events that happened. But after that, after resetting. His file was gone, all that, and it just back to Ben. And then from there on, he just played his Ben. Right. In the Ben file. But essentially, the long and short of it is, playing Majora's Mask, it's a little glitchy and weird, but when he gets to um, the town, just like, there's no one there at all, after he tries this glitch to get an extra day, and he keeps getting into fights with Majora at random times he's not supposed to, and, um, He's being stalked by the effigy. Stalked by the, the the link effigy of emptiness. Yes, it keeps falling around all the place, and then when he gets cornered, he freaks out, leaves, and that ends up with him battling Majora, dying multiple times by Majora lifting him up through magic and setting him ablaze. Yeah, and it just gets worse and worse to the point that like, and the one thing I like about it, two things I like about it. One thing is the fact that it doesn't just stay in the cartridge; yeah. it infects his computer, and. Links him to um, chat. What is it? The bot uh, chat, thing? chat. Yeah, like basically one of those like uh, bot chats. Yeah, it links him to that clever bot, and he literally has a conversation with the entity. Yeah, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on, and it just kind of makes him more and more insane to the point that he straight up just burns the cartridge and, and destroys. Start, I think he also starts seeing like the effigy, like or the elegy of emptiness, like in the real world. Yeah. Like, he's like going through like a drive through or something of like that. And he sees it outside the, the restaurant yeah. or something. Yeah. I didn't reread the whole thing. Cause yeah. there's a long period of pasta. Yeah. And the other thing I really like about it, video evidence of every single yeah, entry. Actually, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. When it, when it, when a, when a, when a, Cream pasta does that much work. Like it's not just like a photo. That's a like, doctor. Doctor or something at the at the end of the thing, or like that. Which I, when it's not at the end, it's fine. But like when it's done, it just as like a title card, it's like okay. It, sometimes that's not needed. However, when you give like actual like like actually trying to like add that extra level of immersion level to mm-hmm. it, like it really helps. Like I know again, Godzilla NES does that. Um, ben Brown did that. Um, I believe other ones have done that too, but I can't recall. Oh, I think maybe Killswitch did that even, to a degree. I remember that one. But yeah, like when you do that, or even like, and Princess was done as a blog series, like updating. Yeah. Oh, and the CD experience. Yeah, like actually had like 
both like written documents from pe- from people and then also like video and footage. Was there video in there? Yeah, there was video by the end, like of the, of the main character of the of the author, basically like explaining uh, what well, or like going on like a little adventure out to like like a spot where the thing was. Oh, okay, yeah. I remember that. But yeah, the the video evidence really just nails it because yeah. even if you don't know Majora's Mask or Zelda, there's a video there to show you everything you need to know because it's exactly. all recreated. So it's just great, and and as a uh, like a second runner up, the princess is hits a lot of the same notes. It doesn't have the video evidence, so so not to, not to steal your thunder. There, by all means, the princess. The way the way I see it is basically the princess is kind of better than been drowned because the princess doesn't have any baggage of context. Bingo! I was about to go. There. Which, yeah, <laughs> it's basically been drowned with the with the with the names and and uh, and video game filed off because it is its own original creature, its mm-hmm. own original video game sprite um, from a game that doesn't exist. It's a fictionalized game, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's the key to it. Is basically yeah, and yeah, it's uh, it's popping up in video games um, like across the board, mm-hmm. but there's no general one video game. Like this is the reason why when, when we started reading it, I thought Dr. Leviathan was going to fucking crucify me because it was another video game creepypasta yeah. that, and I was worried that it was going to be, he was going to need the context to it, which is what, which was, had been Dr. Leviathan's biggest gripe about video game creepypastas. I don't necessarily agree with him, but Mm-hmm. Um, I, even I will admit that, like sometimes, like yeah, context, like some of the part of like the enjoyment of like video game pre-pauses is either the context of knowing the game and nostalgia. Yeah, like nostalgia, twisted nostalgia is is a key point for video game creepypastas. Mm-hmm. And for me, growing up when I did N sixty four was my jam. Yeah, so all the games that they were going through in the princess, like Legend of Zelda, Vigilante Eight, Pokemon, like I played all those. Oh yeah, Magic Kazooie's in there. Yeah, I played all of those, yeah. so I knew right away what all these things were, and it all made sense to me, and it just just went nice. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like there's a group of gamers like trying to figure out what the hell's going on, yeah, like and she's like straight up killing them off in um, on the stream, and then the the previous ones before even that. Yep, it just went quite well, and I, I can't really decide which one I like better. The one aspect I like better about Ben Drowned is the video evidence. Yeah, which is sweet. But I can't really say that it's better or worse. It would be really cool to see, like, a princess version, like, have, like, somebody doctor in, like, the princess model into other games. Especially since a lot of the time she doesn't move. Yeah, she's just a <laughs> T-pose. Like, yeah, pretty red, much. Red yeah. hair and white, like, princess-looking thing. It basically just use, like, Zelda's, like, use, like, a Zelda model or a uh, Princess Peach model and just color the hair red. Pretty and much, yeah. And be just textureless. Mm-hmm. And animate the dress when it shouldn't be animated. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's your. And honestly, that the, yeah, like, I I could see why you would have difficulty like figuring out like which ones better because they are very similar. Yeah, they are. Like they are. Mm-hmm. They are basically one is one is one uses a, a uh, an IP uh, like copyright IP. The other one does not. It uses multiple. The, yeah. Well, no, okay. It with uses the games. It goes in. It uses yeah the OC yeah the, the, like those can, that you can actually get away with that like in terms of like if you're like actually get that published yeah you can get away with that because it's um it's you're not like it, you're just referencing it you can reference things you can't like directly like use that that's why you can't say I'm Zelda exactly yeah. you're not you're not playing like, oh I'm playing it like, this is a Zelda horror game and I wrote it and like yeah you get copyright up the ass by Nintendo <laughs> yeah but if you're able to do like again the way it's done it presented it's very much a um, uh, kind of a, your own OC car- like killer monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just seems so much more hostile. Yeah. 
or at least it a lot more dangerous than Ben Drowned. Ben, did anyone die with Ben Drowned? He, he was he was he was driving him insane. But that's yeah. about it. The creature was the demon or whatever it was that was Ben was basically just toying and, t- and ta- tormenting him. He wasn't trying to kill him. Yeah. Whereas in the princess, multiple people died, so hazard levels a little higher. Yeah. Which sometimes is good, sometimes isn't. But uh, all right, so on to then our least favorite creep pastas that we've ever done the show. Mm-hmm. So I have lots. I have a runner up. And be, and I have a like a least favorite, but I also have a possible qualifier and some ones that I, I really couldn't like. I actually had to like sit down and like, all right, these ones like because there's three of them that were really close for runner ups. You should end with your one that you decided on. This is the one that I had the least fun with. Okay, like, this is my least. Do the runner ups first. So do okay. So I'm gonna do the runner ups first and the possible. So the possible qualifier. The reason why I call it a possible qualifier because it's a, it's actually a video, a movie we watched. Like, but it's tied to a creepypasta or a slender vlog. Still counts. Yeah. Always watching a Marvel Hornets story. Directed by James Morin, and we reviewed it on episode 104. It did not sell me at all on Marvel Hornets themes. It felt more like the Paranormal Activity sequels or spinoff. Like, it felt more like a Paranormal Activity movie, not a Marvel Hornets movie. Um, Let's... Even with some of the Easter eggs that were in it, like, there was a wanted poster for Alex. Um... Uh, Crowley in it, mm-hmm. but and like the camera was supposed to be basically Alex's camera, but it never quite sold me on that. And like in terms of the, the way it was produced, the way the characters were acting, the way Slenderman is the operator, it, he's not the operator. The operator doesn't meet puppet, um, like doesn't meet puppet corpses, which is what happened in the movie. In in Slender in, in Marvel Hornets, the operator twists like drives people like nuts and like causes sickness, and is a, like a basically kind of like a, a mimetic virus in himself because it spreads through it, through through influence. Yeah. Um, but it never actually takes full control over the creatures. Yeah, because like, even the proxies, they're not. They're really. Like, that's the thing. Pro- we always think of the proxies as masky and hoodie, but they are not actually proxies to the Slenderman. They're actually rebelling against Slenderman. They're actually. Entities that are they're, they're, uh, psychosis or entities in those people's heads that are fighting against the Slenderman in a very, like, abject way. Um, but they're also fighting against people who are fighting against Slenderman. Yeah, they're, they're basically just become more aggressive and stuff, but they're never actually associated with being, like, servitors of the operator. In fact, the op- they actually run and they run from the operator most times. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Crowley the only like, is basically the only character who's actually kind of a servitor to him or to the operator because... He though he's the one that drags people to him basically, um, but in the movie we never quite get that. It's like there's a part where like the guy the guy thinks that he he can do it by but he can stop it by killing himself and he kills himself. But then he gets reanimated by the by the Slenderman to go after the the rest of the characters, and then Slenderman kills a dog. Um, That's minus points. Yeah, minus points. Um, there's some parts that are are good in it. Like there's like a a fire like a house that burned down and some of that. But again, it's like. I guess you could say that, like, basically, the, the character who burned down the house and some of that was basically acting like Alex was to the Slenderman. But I don't know; it just seemed very. It didn't. It, it never at one point, at any point, really felt like a Marvel Hornets um, story. Just it felt, felt like, like it's like, its own Slenderman. Yeah, story. It, was, it was its own Slenderman. It, it might as well have been the first of the Slenderman feature films. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd almost from the sounds of it, it'd be better be, than the one no, that you to, saw recently. No, to be right? perfectly honest, I'd actually probably put the the, the 2018 Slenderman movie over Always Watching. Like it's better. Yes. Oh, 
You and hated that, though. <laughs> I know. All right. <laughs> this is how much I hated always watching. And now, I don't hate... Like, I, like did it deserve... To, like, I, I just don't feel like it needed to be... It, it shouldn't have been called a Marble Horns thing, because it's just... It's a different operator. It's a different Slenderman. Yeah. It's... There are multiple types... Of, there are multiple iterations of the Slenderman. And this was not the operator, as far as I saw it. Um, as a fan of Marvel Hornets and like who's watched that series like three times, <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to be unite my and claim that like I know Marvel Hornets more than the direct the creators of Marvel Hornets, but like yeah, it just like the creators of Marvel Hornets also didn't make this right. They, they were creative uh, consul- consultants on the on the movie apparently, but I don't know how much of that they got. Yeah, like in, in Hollywood, there's creative consultants on yeah. movies, and they turn out terrible sometimes. Yeah. And, I, and I will say, like the movie did have. Um, some good points, some good scenes. Like there was when the characters were investigating what the hell was going on. They were investigating houses that where people just vanish, where people just like like it was basically like people who are getting their houses uh, repoed, mm-hmm. and they go in and like the house has basically just been abandoned for like for for weeks by the people. We don't know where they went, and then the characters start like investigating the symbols they've been finding, like the, the circle with the with the X in it, and they're start associating with the Zodiac killer, which I thought was a cool like little like nod to like a real world like mystery like horrible mystery. But it wasn't Marvel Hornets. Like that, that's my biggest issue. Is it just didn't feel like a Marvel Hornets story. So mm-hmm. I that it was more disappointment than anything for the for the, uh, yeah. the for what we were pr- promised and what we got. It's mainly just the way that Slenderman acted that pulled it out of Marvel Hornets. It's not the fact yeah. that it's different characters exactly. and everything. Okay. And then we move on to my runner runner ups. Happy Happy by Dronian, which we did on episode eighty and eighty. Point two or eighty point eighty one or whatever. Our New Year's episode with with Matt from the Drunk the Ugly again. Um, it was a gauntlet of bad writing and clunky pasta tropes. Like, holy crap! It was too long. Did not read or did not want to read in some cases, and it was just really clunky to get through. But the reason why it's not one of my it's not my one of my actual runner ups for the for least favorite one. Misery loves company. And I always enjoy our crossover episodes with Matt and the DNU podcast. And it was a really fun episode to record and 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 uh, and talk about how bad the story was. And later on, it was brought up by the uh, by Dronian that he intentionally tried to uh, he was intentionally trying to make the shittiest creep pasta ever. Which oh right yeah this I'm not take it what you will. I personally think that is a cop out. It's to, a room situation? Yeah, basically. It's a room scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just my own opinion on it. Um, I don't... I, I, it's hard for me to buy that kind of thing after like three years pass and then you say, oh, no, it was I was intentionally trying to draw write the creepiest shitty pasta ever. Like, haha, fooled you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then my neck... The one that kind of ties that one and like... But I couldn't quite make that my runner-up or my actual worst creep pasta ever read... Jeff the Killer by Sissoir, apparently. Um, I, thought I'm not, lo- I thought you loved him. No. Okay. Episode three. Um, and really, it's just, it was a really dumb, convoluted origin story for a killer. Mm-hmm. And what's worse, the fandom blew up an early bad creepypasta killer into a subgenre of shitty emo teen killers in creepypasta. Mm-hmm. Basically because they romanticized and glorified an image of him. Yeah, and like I think that's done nothing but horrible things for the sh- for the sh- for the for the genre of creepypasta because it's just so like it shouldn't be popular just because the 
Someone made a cool image? Because people think that the killer is cute. Like, that's really what they... But people obsess over about him. Like they make him cute. He's a disgusting mess. <laughs> I know, but people like like teen kids like like I idolize him in like in some of the fiction, like some of the, the on all the fan art you see of of Jeff the Killer. It's like Jeff the Killer, Laughing Jack, Eyeless Jack. They all get and J- uh, Jane the Killer. They all get like cutesy uh, fan art done to them because they oh they're so adorable looking. Like I love the cutesy macabre. Like. And I yes, as I, I pick am, up a I am, Cthulhu I am a plushie, hip, I am the biggest hypocrite <laughs> as I do have a Cthulhu plushie uh, and my first Cthulhu and shit like that. But and and even that, even still, like the whole like thing about me griping about uh, about slasher villains like getting glorified because that's exactly what slasher villains have become. Like people, we that the fans of slasher villains glorify and love slasher movie villains. Yeah, but not to the point that like like they think Jason Voorhees is cute. Although I'm sure there are people like that. That's it's the thing. internet. Yeah. There's, you know. Yeah. But yeah, no, to the, to the lengths and, and, and to the lengths and uh, depths that people have done for like the, for the teen killer, teen stabber subgenre of creepypasta and mm-hmm. Jeff the Killer in particular, like at least with Cthulhu being like a, a plushy and cutesy and some of that, people still retain that he is a, like a cosmic horror monster and like, do that. Yeah. They have, They're not like, saying Cthulhu's they my boyfriend. People don't write. Yeah, people don't write. Uh, don't just write Cthulhu stories or Lovecraft stories or uh, cosmic stories for um, with with the whole cutesy kind of idea in mind. They keep them as they, they keep them as they try to a, a good majority tries to keep them as horror. Whereas I feel like the, the teen stabby guy uh, killers are really just there to be like the stylish teen angsty teen killers. So edgy. Kid. Yeah, exactly. Needs more edge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's why Jeff is at the bottom of my barrel of runner-ups for my least favorites. Alright, so now for my actual runner-up. It's episode 159. It's about two years ago. Ronald McDonald House by D. Kingsbury. So, this one was actually, this was another crossover with, with Matt, but the, Matt gave me this story, like, to do for the show, because he knew how bad it was. <laughs> um, and, oof, it's just really hard to read. It was just really hard to read at points. Like, convoluted um, sequences when the, the, the kid is trying to escape, and just really clunky plot. It literally, I think it ends with, like, him... Um, escaping this this wretched nightmarish alien spaceship design, or like hidden as a uh, hidden as a a Ronald McDonald ha- uh, house, or and a McDonald's too, because there's also like a a McDonald's like food plant in the bottom of this place, and he gets up into the uh, onto the onto the um, he gets up back onto the street, and it's an abandoned Detroit like neighborhood, and he like reads a paper, and it's like not even the right year, it's like in the nineties or something like that, but it was clearly like the character was like went into the Ronald McDonald house in the modern period and came out back in time. Yeah. And then sits down on a, at a goes to a McDonald's, like an abandoned McDonald's and like sits down next to Ronald McDonald, like to a Ronald McDonald statue on the bench as he types away on his laptop, the story that he's just, uh, that we're, that we've just read and posting online. <laughs> it was just so like, Weird and like convoluted and clunky. But he's in the eighties, right? No, okay. It was 
He went back in time into the 80s wow. and posted on the internet. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, exactly, yeah. But he had his laptop with him, somehow. Which only gets brought up when he gets to the, the McDonald's house. Or the McDonald's restaurant. My point is the internet wasn't around in the 80s. No, I know. I, I, I understand. <laughs> no, okay, yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's so it, weird. Now, mind you, it not, might not just be the 80s. It, it's just, like, there's there's newspapers that gave us a date of, like, the early 90s, like, late 80s. But it might have just been old newspapers sitting there? From Detroit. Because yeah. it's Detroit. Mm-hmm. Like, there are abandoned locations. It's an it follows situation exactly. where it's just, oh, it's not the future. It's you know, just, oh, it's not actually like set in, a, in the 80s timeline. It's just set in Detroit. Yeah. And they've, it's kind of a time capsule. Um, yeah, so, and also just sort of a dick move to de- demonize a charity organization. Yeah. Like, I feel that even one step of separation and filling or filing the numbers off or filing the names and numbers off. Um, would have been a much better move, like making your own like 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 diabolical charity thing. You can take it, draw inspiration, for example, from another from a franchise or something like that. Like make but, like, some, straight up like villainizing it, like like make a, a not McDonald's, and especially since it's a charity organization, like that's about like foster homes and like helping kids like get families and stuff like that, and you're demonizing it like that. Like it feels just kind of like a dick move to me. Um, even if it wasn't like the intended like pl- uh, the intended point of like the story um, if, you, if you're trying to go with like oh well like the whole like foster system is really scary as a kid as somebody in it so like that's how that's where the fear is coming from in this but it's not it's like this weird and like maybe like that's why the creatures why everybody's like clowns and aliens and shit like, or like weird like pe- weird like folks in there like in the operations is because they're like it's just the kid projecting this like fear that he has of what's going on, but that's not very really addressed in the story itself. Or if it's done, it's done very poorly. Um, and with regards to like doing the, the the one step of separation of filing off the names and so that to make your own like o, OG or OC uh, franchise or whatever for a spooky story, please see Whimsy Wood and Extra Ketchup by Slime Beast because he nails it with that mm-hmm. in that direction. Uh, and that episode was we actually did uh, Extra Ketchup um, a year later. Uh, for our birthday episode, in kind of a, as a follow up to the the Raw Madonna's, because me, Matt, and I think a bunch of the like a bunch of you guys kind of came to the conclusion that like extra ketchup does what uh, as a parody to Raw McDonald House is done better than Raw McDonald House, mm-hmm. uh, and that extra ketchup episode was our episode two twelve. So yeah, just. Raw McDonald House was one of those. Is definitely just. It was really hard to read through, and real and, and believe that this was actually not a parody in itself. It was actually done for real, like for, for seriousness. Yeah, that's my runner-up anyway for least favorite group bus to read. Mm-hmm. Mikey, these says for you. Uh, well, I have no runner-ups. I have a tie for worst. <laughs> so pick one yeah, and then so do you, the other yeah, one later. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but they both sort of share things. Give me a coin. I don't have a coin. You find something, I'll just flip. Uh, I'll just. I'll flip this. No, okay, it's fine. Just do the, you, just do the, you can just do it for your your main one. Yeah, that's we've fine. already kind of broken our formula well, a little bit by pre, pre runner runner ups and. Most do you have a runner up for worst? Um, if the answer is no, then we can just. Skip and then he can go. Do you actually not? 
No. Really? They're, they're kind of the same reason. How did like I have, thing? like, the most, like... <laughs> because we didn't talk about the actual structure we're doing for this. That's fair. <laughs> okay, so I guess we'll just go into our least favorites. Yes. Um, so, like you said earlier, uh, Gamer, with uh, the Eager Fall series, is that, like, while some of them were bad and a lot of them were good, they were at least more very memorable. Yeah. That's my reason for my least favorite creep pasta is that it was not memorable in the sense or in, in the least, both in the short term and long term. So my fi- my least favorite creep pasta we've ever read on the show was episode two fifty five, Solifuge, by the Ooh. Ender Syndrome. I almost went there myself. It's boring to read and it's nonsensical. It has a nonsensical ending to me, and it was basically just an unoriginal creature feature from Sci Fi Channel. Like, it was basically just a written version of a sci-fi channel plot. Even if that wasn't the intent, that's kind of what we got. There was so much wasted potential in that concept of a a giant insect creature, but they just went with the basic giant insect. Yeah, like, we... We came we, up with we jokingly made him a scientist and like that was like a, a, an endothrope. So yeah, like he was an insect werewolf creature. Mm-hmm. Um, or like it was like the the creature, the thing that attacked the care, or the the small one that attacked him was actually uh, like the same creature that we encountered that we encountered later. But it, it just it had the ability, or it just had the ability to like grow in size, like Ant Man style. Yeah, yeah. It was just like just so much wasted potential in that. Like and that's and and again like it's not very memorable and that's that's even worse sometimes than being terrible. Here's the thing: I remember it mm-hmm. a lot. Me personally, it's just I don't remember anything that I liked about it. <laughs> I just yeah. remember how the story went. Well, I just the, mm-hmm. the things I remember from it. Obviously, so it's about this guy um, who listens. Like his dad uh, lost his legs in in uh, Iraq. Yes, and uh, his dad uh, one day tells him about the real reason he lost his legs, and it was basically he was. On him and his team were hunting down some uh, Al Qaeda members, uh, and they went to a, a cave where there were some giant, some large solifuge, which are uh, camel spiders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they go for, deeper into the cave, they encounter like massive, like human-sized ones, uh, and get attacked. And they're basically like the arachnids from from uh, from Starship Troopers or any giant bug movie from Sci-Fi mm-hmm. Channel's uh, repertoire, and. They that's and they fight off one and that they get they, they manage to get rid of get away from one or get away from it or the military the, the, some cavalry shows up and that's what saves the day but he loses ends up losing his whole squad plus his his life. yeah when they show up it's like in the middle of eating him yeah and then yeah he goes home and like just like given a a vow of silence to, like not to tell anybody kind of thing uh, and then his fucking asshole son uh, posts the story online. Thus, ru- basically, ruining his chances of of keeping his his uh, his uh, his uh, veterans' pay. Yeah. Um, probably by the government because, like, the government's like, uh, that's not cool, bro. Um, and he's going into the military because his friends don't believe him about the story, and he wants to see what he doesn't quite believe what his his dad said, and he wants to go in there and find out himself because he saw some news reports about. Some archaeologists, some some cryptozoologists looking for giant creepy spiders in 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 Iraq and going missing. Mm-hmm. So it's like it was just very convoluted, very very bland, like in terms of the plot. Like it was just a basic monster movie plot, and the ending made no sense to me. And we came up with three or four different versions that were much better. Yeah, in terms of like the design or the, the coming up with a more interesting monster. Um. 
So yeah, that's why it's my least favorite. Like, you all valid points. Yeah, like the, all the runner-ups are basically at least they were memorable. Like they were <laughs> terrible in ways that I remember. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it was just like we. I, and I don't mean to be this insult. Kind of, I feel like we are. I am being insulting to the, by by doing this, but it just felt like we did it better. Like we we came up with better ideas than the uh, what the author came up with. Like the author, it felt and we're like, idiots. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if we can think of a more interesting way, that's weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just like it could have been done so much better. And I feel like the the story was just lazy. In terms of its like plot, and because design. of how generic monster movie yeah. it is, yeah. Like if you're gonna do a monster movie nowadays, don't or a monster movie style plot for your creep boss nowadays, you've got to find either make it like a meta commentary kind of thing on it, or make or find something niche or different that other people haven't, or it's some kind of twist. At least make it do it well, <laughs> which it it really didn't. But yeah, that is my least favorite. So, Mikey. Like, well, actually, before you continue, oh, yeah. like, one way they could have done is, like, yeah, maybe that was the cave that Osama was in, but the reason they can't find him is because he's... he's no, because he could turn into spiders. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Like, you just... Oh, God, here, another cool idea. What if, like, it's not just, like, a big one? What if it's just a swarm of, like, lo- smaller, of, like, slightly larger ones? That It's just basically, uh, it's like the, the, the worm that walks, where it's, like, a, a human consciousness inside of a swarm of worms. But instead of that, it's a human consciousness inside of a swarm of, of camel spiders. Like, it's like a hive-minded, like, human consciousness inside, sw- like, a swarm of them. That would be fucking cool. Yeah. But we didn't get that. We just got standard-ass giant... Insect monster movie, and again, like there's straight up a camel spider sci-fi channel movie called Camel Spider that has almost the exact same plot, where like a a a, a, a group of a squad of of uh, of soldiers in the Iraq war, during the Iraq war conflict go there, get fucked up, and get leave. get fucked up by giant spiders, and, and either die or leave or escape it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's the same fucking plot, <laughs> and, and like apparently the author didn't. Get it's just a coincidence that the same. It's, there's a, maybe there's a reason why there was a coincidence there. It's because it's kind of a cookie cutter story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright. So on to my worst, which <laughs> is a tie, as I've mentioned previously. Uh, and these the reason why I didn't bring up one of these earlier is because they're so similar in the fact that um, they both have source material that is more nightmare fuel than the actual stories. I think I know which ones they are, but go on. <laughs> I don't. Please go on. And, yes, and the, the actual source material does exist. So, episode 142, Rap Rat. Yes, I got it. I do it. And... Episode 161, MS Paint Alice in Wonderland. You oh, really hated yeah. that one. Yeah, I should have seen that guy. Uh, yeah. yeah you There's really... a reason he didn't want to watch that animated. <laughs> oh, I'm That's... so happy I tormented you with that. Yeah. By the way, listeners, if you'd like to, uh, wa- if you'd like to listen to our uh, Al Dente Real Talk, or Proto Al Dente Real Talk, um, of us reviewing the movie, the MS Paint 
uh, Alice in Wonderland, you have to you have to subscribe to our Patreon because it's behind a paywall. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just some of the some of the extra content you can check out uh, by by helping support the show. Yeah, you really. I remember, like, I remember when I got that when I got that DVD of that Blu-ray. You were just like, ugh. Because every time we bring it up, just no. Because you fate. Yeah. 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 So, so the actual creepy pastas are basically found footage, and creepy stuff happens, which compared to actually. Sitting down and watching the nightmare fuel. That the is nightmare like, fuel. That is the video, the VHS ver- cassette tape for the the mo- the TV board game Rap Rat, which I need. I kind of want to hunt down a copy of like a physical copy and just like have that on display somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it just but that that one's actually that's a really good bad creepypasta that like yeah, it's a little hard to get through. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Just always know, Mikey, I appreciate the suffering you go through for the show. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, on yeah. me then, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Since everyone's staring at me and saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. So, um, for me. <laughs> Since you're the last, this is the last one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It better be the worst. It's probably not. <laughs> probably not at all. That's fair. First of all, should I go back and, um, Reference all of the episodes for all of Icker Falls, all the numbers. No, uh, no, no, no. Okay, just because there's a lot. Yes, yeah, fine. Yeah. Okay, so for my worst, there's two, and they're for similar reasons. Uh, the two are the Sugar Man Can, <laughs> uh, Al Dente episode 188 by Chokingman, Chokingman, um, and uh, the Bunny Man Curse at uh, 163 by. Um, someone in the future cultist knows right now. The Thrill Seeker on creepypasta.wiki. Alright. Right. <laughs> so, um, and as an extension, any other creepypasta with a tiny or non-threatening creature. Because that's what I found that I, I dislike the most. Is like, for example, the Sugar Man is a tiny, round creature with no eyes, and the Bunny Man's a friggin' bunny. He's a bunnyman. No, well, he's, a, he's a normal grown human in a bunny he, costume. He's wearing a bunny costume. It's a little yeah. ridiculous. Um, so, because of the bunny man's like ridiculous outfit being not scary and the sugar man being like this tiny little thing that I imagine to be about two feet high. I, I can get the sugar man, or the, the candy, was it the sugar man? Sugar man can. I can get the sugar man uh, like one, but like, I'm sorry, if you were in the middle of like, a lonely road under that bridge, and you saw a guy in a bunny costume, mascot costume, with a fucking cleaver or knife. You would not be afraid of him. Well, here's the thing: even the Sugar Man. If you see a tiny little thing that shouldn't exist in real life, yes, you would be scared. Yeah, but the thing is, just like it's like it wasn't conveyed properly in the story. Yeah, to make yeah. It scary. yeah. it's yeah. like the image was cool and all that, but it just—it's yeah. such a ridiculous look. Yeah, it's like you could take. It's one of the least creepy things that you could give a killer to wear. Like, there's got to be... You, you, you can't just say, like, oh, it's a, it, like he's in a bunny house. you got to add a little bit more flair, a little bit more flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Like, to make it, like, this is wrong, and this is why you should yeah. feel scared. Exactly. Like, it, I, I'm this way with clowns, too. Like, I don't have a fear of clowns, so they just I look silly to me. Yeah, you see, know? I'm the exact opposite. I, I like, nope out. No. <laughs> it's like, 
Peace! <laughs> so what you're saying is, it's one of those scenarios where the, the bunny from uh, Monty Python's Christopher Holy Grail is just a nice little bunny until it ravishly attacks. Yeah, until it's actually, reason until, for until it, until it to... decapitates people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And that kind of blends into a little bit. My exception is Mr. Widemouth. I which I really liked. He's yeah. this tiny little fuzzy creature, but he appeared like that to try to get the kid to believe that he's his friend and all that, so and he's he actually frightening. Yeah, he's that's, actually trying to kill him. Yeah, that's a tiny creature done well, but all the other tiny creatures I'm not really into. They they don't scare me. You Were know? you there for the episode for the goblins of of, of uh, North Michigan? Yes, but I don't remember. Okay, fair enough. Were they also tiny? It was a goblin, a furry, a fuzzy little goblin in the woods that was uh, probably tiny then. Yeah, it was actually that one was pretty creepy. Yeah, but I I don't fully remember. It's That's just fair. the Sugar Man was the the one that jumped out the most, just because. Yeah. And also, just the way that that story went, each of us had a different visual of the Sugar Man. Yes, yeah. like, like I, I saw was like a little fuzzy thing. I yeah. saw Dave Devito. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, and, like, and I, I saw like this a, like little like ball of flesh with like arms and legs. Yeah, essentially a bald critter, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I think honestly, both of the, your. Pro- I think the biggest problem with those two ones is that like there wasn't enough horror description. Mm. There wasn't enough atmosphere built up for that story for those either of those stories for that monster. So it kind of when you just kind of like lay it out, it's like yeah, it's just this guy in a suit, and it's like that's not scary. You need to like explain why it's like you need to go a little bit depth as to why that is a scary scene. Mm. Sometimes less is more in descriptors, but not really. Like I know you call this you like. Not knowing as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I like knowing as much as possible that I should know. If the if the character is seeing something, I should know what they're seeing in great detail because they have eyes and I do not. I see the world through their eyes. So if the character isn't describing it well, I'm not feeling I'm in the same pos- uh, position they are and my immersion is being broken. All right. But yeah, like with the Sugar Man, essentially the entire story is... The tale of a creature that comes around at Christmas to eat sugar slash maim people. And, like, you put sharpened candy canes on your doorknob so he hurts himself when he's trying to get you. Yeah. Because he goes after candy. So he's not even directly trying well, to hurt you. Smell, he smells the like the sugar in your blood or something like that. I think yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But you could probably just put out a Kit Kat in front of your door and just keep him busy with that. Like he's, yeah, he's no, not the reason why the reason why they do the, the spiky candy cane is to like so that he will get hurt and he's very skittish. He's very yes. he's like pain, so he runs away, um, which is even less frightening. Yeah, it's <laughs> like really, there's a lot it's of a things really that bizarre thing. Yeah, there's a lot of things that just don't make it creepy to me. And yeah, okay, and yeah, I've, I've said part of my why already, but like yeah, it would be weird and creepy all this stuff. But for example, there's a reason that when in that characters when they're in movies or games or TV shows, it's funny. And it makes them look weak when they've been shrunk down because you could step on them, and the size difference makes it, size difference makes it impossible for them for them to harm you and all that. Uh, okay, exception yeah. being Ant Man and the Wasp, but <laughs> also Chucky, little toy with a with a knife that is able to like scurry around you and then start stabbing you. Yeah, like it's it's um, the reason why like little people. Little little things are scary in monster movies and horror movies and stuff. Like that is because they are disarmingly not hostile. They're not. They're at at a glance disarmingly not a threat. 
They don't until they become a threat. Yeah, but when the story shows that they're not a threat, they just so they look not threatening and they're really not that threatening either. Then it's double. The Sugar Man again, like the Sugar Man's like yeah, it's kind of lame sauce. The his uh, whole thing, yeah. Whereas Wide Mouth is actually very... It's like, hi, oh, yeah, I'm your friend. Hey, let's just jump out the window. It's fun. I got, <laughs> you should juggle these I, knives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, yeah, very much a creepy little critter. In But it's using... It's using psychological... Uh, uh, basically, it's using a psychological tactic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's intelligent. That's what's most creepy about it. Yeah. Where it's not just like... Because the Sugar Man just almost seemed a little bit like an animal. Like, it just went around for... Yeah, it's blind, and it just, it only has its sense of smell and taste. And that's all it cares about? Like, it doesn't think? So, because of that, it also reduced yeah, its creepiness to it. It's all instinct in that creature. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see it. I can see why you... Why, I, again, I do see why people why some people don't find, like, clowns scary or uh, little little things scary. But, like, at the same time, like, I... I'm, and maybe it's just because I have had a fear of clowns and a fear of little creepy... Like dolls and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. for, I will not if I see a room with like little like that has a collection of those like Victorian porcelain dolls. I'm jumping out <laughs> the noping. window. I am noping out the window. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I believe I believe uh, Adam Scott Glancy of, of Delta Green fame said it best when he was talking about uh, how he went to um, the author of like the vampire, like all those like uh, Anne Rice. Uh, he went to one of her um, her houses that has like kind of a horror museum, and it's got like pumpkin head, and it's got like a xenomorph in the living room, basically like full on statues and stuff like that. And those are fine. That's <laughs> fine to to literally like quote to quote Glancy. Those are fine. You know what? Just chilling in the, in the living room with a xenomorph and and uh, and, and, uh, and pumpkin head in the corners. That's perfectly normal. But you go up the 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 uh, the, the giant iron rod uh, staircase up to the second floor where there's a room that is just wall to wall up to the ceiling of porcelain dolls. And if any one single one of them. To, uh, like looks in my direction. I'm jumping out the, the French windows and paling myself on the on the on the on the on the gate below in the hopes that I, my soul doesn't get take it doesn't get absorbed by one of those dolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's, I, I feel that I feel that exact same way. It's like whenever I see like a like my my fucking sister has one of those dolls that she got from one of her aunts, mm-hmm. and I'm just like every time I go into a room, it's like to like help her with something. It's like no. I know you're going to do something one of these yeah. days. Yeah. Like, I don't know how she can sleep with that thing in her room. No. It's just a soulless thing. But yeah, I, and yeah, I understand, I'll... like, otherwise, like, I understand why people don't find those creepies because, like, I mean, again, it's just a doll. Like, it's, or it's just, it's just a clown. Like, mm-hmm. they're supposed to be funny. And yes, inherently, clowns are supposed to be funny. What's scary is when they aren't funny. <laughs> when they are, when, when they are just, like, when they're on the side of the road with a knife and they're just, and you, you're, you, you see them passing, you pass one, with your uh, headlights. That's creepy. That's scary. Yeah. Like, there's a reason that clown epidemic happened rec- like the last couple of years. Hmm. And just like everything else, if any of these things happened in real life, it would be scary. Solifuge. We saw a giant spider. Oh, for, yeah. How, if I see a giant spider now, like, and I've seen like tarantula-sized ones at the cottage, mm-hmm. um, like dock spiders and wolf spiders. So like, I'm fucking, like, I, I know about that, but like, if I see little, little ones that are like, not even the size of my uh, fingernail. Yeah. Like, whatever. Like they're 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 gonna run away from me more than they're gonna run away from. It's when they start run, it's, it's when they start attacking like coming towards you is when I start like losing my shit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and that happens with anything. again like 
And that's uh, the other thing about the small things. It's like, yeah, because generally you're used to small things running from you. It's when they start moving towards you, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Why well, you regressive? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, long story short of my, my least favorite is essentially just, if it looks not threatening and it actually is not very threatening... Then why should I be creeped out? Yeah. That's the long and short of it. Fair. Or if it looks, like, silly and it's not super aggressive, like, I don't... Eh? Although, so, okay, so say you're in that situation where, like, you see, you're, you're walking down, like, a street and you're, you look, you're passing a, uh, a tunnel with a bridge. Um, I don't know why I'm, like, this is, this is my, this is, this is what I'm picking at. <laughs> like, out of all those things okay. that I picked so, at. To be honest, yeah. I do not remember Bunny Man at all. Okay. I just, I just, say, it's like, just the title itself ruins it for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fair. Um, so, you're walking past that bridge, like mm-hmm. that, that tunnel, and you see, like, the silhouette of a dude, or you see a guy underneath it in a bunny costume. And he's just not, he's not doing, he's not doing anything. He's just sitting there. Or just standing there, like, watching you, like, as you pass. And you go home. And then, like, two days, like, go by. And then you get, you check the newspaper. And you find that he was caught because he killed, like, 13 people. Like. Yes. That would be terrifying. Yes. That's kind of what happened to Bunny in the Bunny Man, though. Okay. The problem with Bunny Man, I found, like, was. I'm actually surprised you didn't hate it because of this. Was that it, it was had a nonsensical, like, plot of, like, the thrill seeker guy. The guy who was telling the story was a thrill seeker, and he went to like talk to some random woman, and then basically doomed her to be attacked by the bunny man. No, really? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the story. That might also be uh, dooming quality. It's just I don't remember the story. Fair I feel like yeah. Uh, I was gonna say I feel like Sugar Man probably is your your like the one that should be your least yeah. favorite, and then like Bunny Man should just be your runner up. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, fair. But my tie worked. Yeah, you're tied to kind of work, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because like, I was looking through all the stories, I'm like, which ones had stupid characters that are, are, they don't look or are scary? I'm like, that one's a bunny man. He's probably not scary. I don't were, you just going, were you just looking at the, the title cards? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, because early on in my notes, I put whether or not I liked it or not. But at some point, I stopped doing that. So I'm like, I don't remember if I liked this or not. <laughs> this is why I always, like, I, I recommend or I wouldn't recommend. Yeah. For a while, I just kind of come up with my recommendation on the spot based on our conversation. Our conversation is like, do I actually like it? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess that is it then. Mm-hmm. We didn't pick any of the same stories, though. Yeah, and we didn't pick ones that I figured people would think we would pick. I'm assuming you thought I would pick uh, Dare my best friend. To, uh, I, it was. It, I was pretty. Sh- I was pretty confident that that was going to be one of them. I was going to to pick it as one of my favorites, but the thing is. It's not really a creepypasta. Okay, it's an action like, thing, yes, you know? Yes, but it's still a creepypasta. Creepypasta is not just straight horror. It is weird weird horror. It is mm-hmm. weird fiction. It is creepy, like, don't want, let's not meet kind of situation. It's yeah. like ghost stories. It's aliens. It's um, thrillers. So, like, mm-hmm. it does have, there, there is the genre of the action pasta that is, has creepy elements, but is mostly an action thing. That's fine. Yes. That's perfectly fine. Of course, and I love Dare My Best Friend of Room Life. I love Search and Rescue Woods. Yeah, and um, like, but I had to pick something, and yeah, um, the ones I picked actually were more were scary to me, or were a better model of a certain type of creepy pasta that isn't um, utilized as much, like in regards to the video game uh, Ben Drowned and. Um, Princess, Princess, most other video game ones aren't really up to that tier. Yeah. So they kind of have an extra 
boost. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, again, like some of the the ones that I would choose as like ones after like my runner up for the favorites, it would probably be like Joe the Creep. It, mm-hmm. it bleeds, it breeds, it breathes. Or breathes, it bleeds, it breeds. Is that the buddy horror? That's the buddy. That's that was the spawning of yeah, the buddy horror. Yeah, yeah. Um, or and like um and like I said, like Ted the Caver, nineteen ninety nine. They were all my the ones that got me to start the show. Um, what was the other one? I just had it in my head. Breeze, it bleeds, it breathes. Uh, fucking brain aneurysm now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's whatever. Yeah. So yeah, like we we do have other ones we enjoy, obviously. Like because again, I've been doing this for like two seventy, two hundred and seventy episodes. You guys have been doing it a little bit shorter, but still catching up. Yeah. And like yeah, like there's gonna be hits, there's gonna be misses. Um, there's gonna be ones that we like, maybe equal to each other. There's gonna be ones that we dislike, because like again, like it's kind of a crapshoot because we're going across the internet looking for spooky stories and uh, like, and it's a very wide range of genre in creepypasta. Mm-hmm. Like it, it could be a campfire, an internet campfire story. It could be an internet ghost story. It could be an action pasta, like basically, a, like what sounds like a real life thing, um, or uh, yeah, like because of the the Reddit no sleep and like Reddit let's not, let's not meet and like even like some of their like categories are like they 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 twist and bend the genres and subgenres and like there's ones that play on the tropes more heavily than others. Yeah, it's all just kind of. It, there's a huge, wide variety of of stories out there, and yes, some of them are going to be bad, some of them are going to be mediocre, and some of them are going to be really good. It's and just, even those, that's all like subjective to the person that's exactly, actually reading yeah. it. You know, yeah. Like again, like our favorites are not pe- other people's favorites. Our hated mm-hmm. ones are are pe- ones that people I'm sure liked, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Like we have this this show is to, is basically is supposed to be a celebration of creepypasta as a as a phenomena as a as a a medium so um i hope that has gotten across to our listeners and to our the authors who have happened to cross our show cuz like I, I always get it i always get a really good vibe when we get a, re- a reply from a author of one of these stories and they don't utterly hate what we said <laughs> about their story yeah. ever i was like Really? really? <laughs> it's because like we always respect that they put the work in and did it, and they have this idea, and yeah. they got it across to the best of their ability. It's just some it it resonates better nothing's with some perfect. people than others, and also nothing's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, and again, like these are all of our, these have always been our just our opinions. Take it or leave it as you will. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think with that, we should end the show or end the episode. <laughs> really? After five years. After five years, we're ending and, on the and, top and a top ten. And a rebrand logo and a Discord. Yep, we're done. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, no. Uh, we we should uh, like yeah. I think that that's a good. We've we've given our piece on uh, our favorites and our least favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like what you heard, if you didn't, leave us a comment in the comment section below. As always, we're on Kiwi Six Facebook, YouTube, and Tumblr. Uh, you can leave us an email at aldenterigamortis at gmail.com. That's A-L-D-E-N-T-E-R-I-G-A-M-O-R-T-I-S at gmail.com. That's, or, and where, <laughs> I almost repeated that, <laughs> where you can also leave us suggestions for other creepypastas that can discussed on the show. Hey, if you have a favorite creepypasta or a least favorite creepypasta that we haven't done in these 271 episodes, please let us know. And if you'd like us, to, especially if you'd like us to actually discuss it, because... 
we're always looking for for other for for material. Um, I browse Reddit mostly. I browse creepos.wiki, even sometimes the .com. I I Google like a random like thing that I want to see if there's a creepypasta of it. Um, if you have video game ones, uh, I know gamers kind of been bit, been like. Uh, Were you about to the, say bitching? <laughs> no, no, has been, uh, no has been, I was trying to figure out what the word, it's like... Uh, chomping at the bit. Chomping at the bit, thank you, yeah. I was like, I was biting at the chomp? It's <laughs> close enough. <laughs> chomping at the bit for uh, some video game creepypastas. Um, they are few and far between. Yeah, and generally not good, but, yeah. you know, we again, bend around. Princess. Princess, yeah. Um, other ones? Yeah, we've done other ones that are Quake 3 bots wasn't bad. Yeah, it was just like basically it was like the it was very tacky, but I kind of liked it. It was an AI one that where the quake bots got sentience. Yeah, um, but anyway, yeah. any Warframe ones? We've only done the one. Yeah, we've only there been able to, be to find the stalker. And actually, we've gotten some people like from the Warframe community like 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 comment on that one. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you have any like creep bosses that you uh, or even slender vlogs or creepy stories, I know we've been trying to me and me and Captain Slender have been trying to get some slender vlog theater. Going, but it's just kind of hard to schedule like and binge an entire series. It is a lot to do. So, um, yeah, we'll 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 try and make some room for this year for uh, for some for some of those. Uh, but yeah, just send us a reply on Twitter or uh, specifically t- uh, Twitter. Where uh, Mikey is at the E stands for evil. Gamer Neil is at the Gamer in Yellow, but without that W because they took his last character he needed for that at symbol. For that at symbol. Um, and I'm at Review Cultus. I'm probably the most active of the three of us. Yep. So, and really, so I, I'm kind of like the correspondence for Aldente. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but yeah, contact us there. You can, like I said, email us. Uh, leave us a comment in one of the places you find this. We'll, I'll, I will see it, and I will relay it. We've been getting a lot of views lately too, which has been really awesome. Like, thank mm-hmm. you guys for checking out our show. Um, and uh. Yeah, also, if you want, if you're on iTunes or another streaming site or streaming uh, platform that has us on there, uh, rate and review us. Help us spread. Let us know how we're doing. If we're if we get off tangent, like somebody I think asked, us, like told us that we were kind of, we, we need to stay on tangent, uh, stay on focus a couple times. Yeah. The tangent police finally caught up with us. Yeah, <laughs> we, we stayed away from them for a while, but yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, help us. Like uh, every rating and review helps us gain some uh, some. Gain some influence out there and like helps people see us online. So it helps us, us see whether or not we're we're doing things proper or not. Cause exactly. Like we've been going for a long time, but we've been doing this for five years. And like, yeah, let us know what you feel about the sh- about our show. Um, like we want to know. So, um, if you would like to help support the show, you can go to Patreon, look up Aldente Rigamortis, and select the backer tier you'd like to support us. We have two dollar and five dollar tier. With special episodes, special content, extra, um, special episodes. It's basically the same as special. So, um, early access to episodes a few days before they uh, they air normally, uh, and uh, it also gives you access to our Discord uh, servers, which we are just starting up now. Uh, we're trying to test in the waters, and we at some point we might release it publicly, like put put a public uh, link out. But right now we're trying it with our patreons, our patrons. Um, so yeah, you can, you can get, uh, get all that fun stuff and you're helping support us on the show. And that's very much appreciated. Seriously, our patrons, thank you guys. You're helping keep those hosting bills at bay as always. And we very much appreciate that. Uh, and to our list, to our regular listeners and the authors of these stories, thank you immensely as well, because 
Well, without your listenership, we wouldn't have much of a show. To I wouldn't have as much like going staying power because uh, every time I see like our views, like it really f- helps me and uh, like keep motivated. And comments are always a blast. Uh, and for the authors, really, I mean, isn't it obvious if if you guys didn't write the stories? Uh, what we wouldn't would we have be a talking show. about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What would we be talking about? Yeah. Um, so thank you all the same. Uh, so until next time, I've been your host, Review Cultist. I'm Mikey. The East Ends are evil. And I'm the Gamer in Yellow. This has been Al Dente Remortis. Sleep well. the recording hello and that's when when the stranger breaks into the house yep. where's my sword it's, it's fine